I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Trying to do that whistle part to the uh, Edward Sharp home song. Do do do. Um. Do 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 do. It was ambitious <laughs> for sure to assume I could whistle that. That was ambitious, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about coming home to New York City, which we did mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of June, actually. But that wasn't the time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And this will be kind of our transition back into the content that we would normally talk about, but not without some other things sprinkled in now. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the fact that with everything that's been going on, um, the way that you can tell your politicians how you've liked the way they've handled Black Lives Matter and how they've handled the coronavirus situation is by voting which is something that we just did it's true um our primaries were june 23rd i think so i think that's when we had to put the envelopes in the mail so something that's happening right now in a lot of places new york included is that even if you can't normally vote by mail-in ballot you can maybe perhaps vote by mail-in ballot because of coronavirus so that's something to look into and a lot of states are having primaries like we said ours is in the past but mm-hmm. yours might not be so it that's worth in the future <laughs> um so yeah vote do it it's so good for you it's so boring we know <laughs> um, and so one of the good things about voting by mail-in ballot that i like is that you can spread it out over a number of days because like it's like a take-home test. Yeah, exactly. And you're not voting for, like, the most exciting things. Like, we had to look up all these people who didn't even have websites because they were running to be, like, delegates at the yeah. Democratic National Convention or something insane. They just wanted to go to the party. Yeah. But that's the sort of stuff. I mean, not that specifically, probably. But the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the stuff that you might not know what those people do is sometimes the most important stuff. Um, for instance, like your city council, those people do shit and you should vote for them and you should vote for the ones who are doing the stuff you want and not the ones who are saying racist things. Um, (laughs) yes. So if you don't know someone by name because they haven't been running for president or something, you can look them up and doing it via mail-in ballot allows you a lot of time to do that. Um... And a lot of municipalities actually have kind of nice websites that'll show you what's on the ballot and who's running and what their websites are. Mm -hmm. New York's could be better, I would say, overall. Um, I just looked at Scottsdale's and theirs was really nice. So (laughs) definitely a range of different qualities of those. But even if you have to go to the polls, you can look online and see what's going to be on the ballot and do your research beforehand. Mm, You do uh, a ballotopedia too, which is like a... Wikipedia offshoot, but specifically for elections. And it's, I believe it's also 
crowd. I mean, crowdsourced, but crowdsourced in the way that Wikipedia is crowdsourced, which is not like a forum, but like a fairly heavily moderated thing. Anyway, what's nice about that, especially in elections that have names you are very unfamiliar with, is that much like Wikipedia, you can go down rabbit holes on it and find out just about everything <laughs> about this person's political career. It's fun. I would stick to more official routes, I suppose, but it is a resource that I sometimes like to use when I'm feeling particularly politically nerdy. I'd be like, oh, let's see what's going on here. Um, and it's one that I think generalizes. I'm fairly certain you should fact check for sure, but I'm fairly certain that it, it covers every election in the U.S. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, do it. If you're not registered to vote, literally now today, go register to vote. Do it. Unrelated. And, yeah. Or when you're not looking at your candidates. <laughs> uh, I can't tell if we've already said this on the podcast, so if we have and this is old news, my bad. <laughs> it is really old news. And it, it just so happens that there was not really a good moment to say it on the podcast. But we have a real honest-to-goodness URL now. What? Um, courtesy of Donnie, who bought it for me for my birthday. That is genuine. So, apt26podcast.com is where you can find our show notes and anything else about us that lives on the internet. Um, <laughs> no more backslash blog. No more WordPress dot. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know what it was, to be honest to you. That's why the outro is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so that's exciting. If you need links to to listen to us, though you are already actively listening to us, so I don't know why you would, uh, to send them if, to your mom, maybe. If we are just disembodied voices <laughs> in your head, you should probably see someone. If you that. don't know how to find us on Instagram, if you want to see something in the show notes but don't remember which episode it was from, you can go to apt26podcast.com. Yeah. But so, now we're back. Yeah, now we're back. We're back in New York. And, like responsible folks, we self-isolated in 14 days. Um, since we had traveled, neither of us like felt sick or anything like that. It's no worries there, but we still felt it's our responsibility to self-isolate. We didn't want to bring anything back to the community. Now, at the time of this recording, it's uh, mandatory for, I believe, folks traveling from Arizona, among many other states. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Literally anywhere that is not New York City. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. Uh... But we self-isolated 14 days, and in pursuit of that, used many more delivery apps than we ever have, I ever have. We've done food delivery, like uh Which is one like of the takeout. great glories of New York City, I've mm-hmm. found out, having lived in Arizona for three months, that um, not everywhere has the robust food delivery system that New York City does. Yeah, true. Uh, but along with the just takeout, we started ordering our groceries. We actually started doing this in Arizona, um, but then we brought it back to New York with us. So we have been using Instacart with, I would say, fairly mixed results. I have pretty fine luck, Jordan has pretty bad luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, okay, so first I want to say that no one who has delivered our groceries through Instacart has done anything wrong. This True. is not a critique of... Um, Anyone who is, like, an essential worker who is out grocery shopping in New York City right yes. now. We are not coming for essential workers. We might be coming for Fairway a little bit. <laughs> I think, okay, pros of Instacart and other grocery delivery services, I don't know, we haven't used any others, um, 
is that you don't have to go anywhere. Pro. Obviously. Um, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> what, are your, what are your other pros? Um, yeah, I mean, especially now, I mean, it's certainly a straight-up privilege to not have to go anywhere, um, which I'd like to put that out into the world. But yeah, it is a pro in terms of just, like, coronavirus aside, like, in terms of time grocery shopping takes a lot of time i know you feel like having to text about replacements <laughs> takes a lot of time i do not particularly feel as bothered by that so i think another pro for me is just the time it doesn't really interrupt any day it's just kind of something in the background it takes a little bit of time to type in the order but i really don't mind the chat function and the replacements um and i've honestly been doing it on uh desktop since we keep our uh, groceries and recipes as we mentioned in the crossover with most support meal we keep them in our uh, Evernote and I just have Evernote on my phone so I'm using my phone using the desktop what I like about doing Instacart on the desktop sounding like the old man I am I tell you what I prefer the desktop uh, <laughs> is that you can already set up replacements so for every meal item you can go through and choose a replacement so I don't have to chat Okay, so this is a benefit of Instacart. We did use um, a local grocery store's app a ah, few times yes. when we were in Arizona, and that was difficult. But Instacart will already tell you that something is running low and that you might need a replacement, and it allows you to pick the replacement beforehand. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it looks really nice on the desktop, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Good so, work, UX designers at Instacart. My feeling about Instacart is that if we weren't in a global pandemic, I would not use this service. I would prefer to go to the grocery store because we're only ever in the grocery store for 20 minutes and I always feel like it takes me more than 20 minutes to deal with Instacart, to do the ordering, to find what I want, to like sort through the bajillion different types of cheese to decide which cheese we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there's a situation where there's a replacement that's needed, um, or the shopper is unclear about like whether I want one onion or one pound of onions, um, they, they can like text you and that's obviously good like to clarify, but it's just like, if I were in the grocery store, I would just already know that in my head and just like get the number of onions I wanted. (laughs) Um, and I think, I mean, I think it's like a, not like a personality thing, but just like a personal preference, you know, like, um, I prefer to just like choose my food i'm mm. i guess i want more control over it than i think instacart gives you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i hear that I hear that i will say that i don't entirely disagree with that i think especially because we just like go to the same store we know the layout and get in and out pretty quickly um, and I do also like the control over not only your groceries, so like knowing the one item versus one pound thing, which is like there's a little switch to do it on Instacart to like uh, toggle between them. But it has always pretty much gotten like misread. Yeah, I think it's more of a misreading than like a misinputting. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, it's not our fault. Uh, well, I mean. I don't, like, again, I it's not a critique of the people who are in there shopping who don't know my life and don't know how many onions I need, you know? Um, it's just, like, I do know, 
And don't know my life. Don't know how many onions I need. <laughs> it's just like, these are things that I wouldn't have to think about otherwise that now I'm like thinking about and spending time communicating. Yeah, fair. That's true. It is kind of mindless just to grab an onion. It is a bit more mental work to be like dancing <laughs> about iterations of onion. Um, fair. But the one thing that I was going to say as a pro also is we kind of have more or access to more stores than we do normally. Uh, that's a good pro. Because like delivery people drive. So we're not ordering from our local grocery store because actually they're not on Instacart. Um, we're ordering from grocery stores that are a little further south. Yeah. Which I don't like. I don't know if that's something we would choose otherwise anyway. But it just kind of like is what it is. So if you are not particularly happy with your most local grocery store, Instacart could open your options up. Yeah. But overall, I'd say I feel pretty neutral on it. I don't feel as bad about it as you. I do. I feel bad about it. Oh, yeah, but I feel pretty neutral. Like I agree. If it wasn't for the situation, I don't think I would do it. But I do feel like it saves me some time, at least in my understanding of time, <laughs> my perception of it. Also, for the love of all things holy, please tip. Yeah. Um, especially right now, like any time, but especially right now. And um, that does make your groceries more expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to get up off your ass and get your own groceries, tip the person who does, please. Because apparently there are some people to whom that needs to be said. Yeah, that's wild. Um, Animals. <laughs> We're also using... Okay, well, let's set the scene for this first. So we came home, and before we had left three months ago, we had left a lot of laundry. We were like, oh, we'll just do the laundry when we come home on Monday, and then Monday got delayed three months. (laughs) So we get home, it's like... The middle of a raging pandemic, and we have all this laundry, plus we have the laundry that we, like, the clothes we were wearing, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to wash those separately, because they were, like, corona clothes. And so, we probably had, like, five loads of laundry, and for some reason, it just, like, made a lot of sense to me to try to wash our laundry in the bathtub. And I, like, I just thought that's what everyone was doing, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, I didn't talk to anyone about this. It's just what I assumed. And it turns out that that was a terrible idea. I think I got through like half a load before I was like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, so we found a laundry delivery and pickup service. Because something that happens a lot here actually is that you can drop off your laundry at a laundromat and they'll wash it for you. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know if the laundromat was open even and we didn't know if that was like the best place to be spending our time right now. Um, yeah, we were also self-isolating specifically not to interact with right. the community and going to the laundromat to drop off our clothing in that window uh, was not that. So one of the like stipulations for co- I was looking at two different companies that service us. There are a few in Manhattan. Uh, I think maybe three, four, uh, but not all of them come uptown. So the one that came uptown, or for the ones that came uptown rather, I was looking for ones that did contactless uh, mm. delivery too. So we use Laundry Heap is who we went with, and essentially how it works is you 
leave your bag outside. Well, the first time you leave your bag outside, then they give you this, like... Specific laundry heap bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to call it a suitcase, but it's not a suitcase, <laughs> but it is square-shaped. Uh, it is structured, yes. Yeah. It is kind of... It, but it's, like, the perfect size for a load of laundry. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, those, like, Ikea bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the Ikea bags a lot of people use when they move. Uh, it's very similar to that. So you put that outside your door. Someone comes, much like Instacart and probably really every delivery app there is a picture taken or some acknowledgement like today the guy just called through the door thank you um, <laughs> so there's some kind of acknowledgement either on the app or in person and then you also get a notification over email that your stuff's been picked up uh they just pick it up and all the while you're getting texts too so when the person is like 40 minutes out and five minutes out i think or yeah, there's like a pickup and delivery window, and then they just let you know when they're there so that you can put the bag out or like pick it up. Yeah, um, that was something that we were interested in. And as the laundry doer of the duo, I like it. I, I like it, period. I don't know. I don't know. So it's $30. and For up to 15 pounds of laundry. Yes, so for us it's 30 bucks. Um, and normally... We go through about $20 in two weeks. Sometimes that 20 only gets us through one week if we're doing uh, a lot of laundry or particular stuff because we have things that need to be washed on delicate, like the Turkish towels and some of the wool things, uh, some of the hiking stuff. So normally we spend about 20 over two weeks. Now we're spending 30 in one. And I can't tell if it's totally worth it or not. In in the time of coronavirus, <laughs> I feel that it is, but I really don't mind doing laundry, so I'm not sure. So when I lived in Brooklyn, I did the thing where I dropped my laundry off at the laundromat and had it washed because there wasn't a laundromat like close enough to my apartment to make walking back and forth during the load make sense. Um... And it is objectively more expensive. Like, there's no way to do the math that makes it less expensive. Yeah, no. Um, I would like to say that wasn't my trying to, like, qua- like uh, justify it. It was more my, like, quantifying it for anyone curious. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I hate doing laundry, as we know. Um, I hate specifically, like, going to the laundromat and the anxiety of using the laundromat. Um, so maybe I feel more strongly about this. I would say... Laundry heap specifically, I don't know that I would use outside of the coronavirus um, because they don't have an option to cold wash or to tumble dry. Mm. All of their laundry is done on hot, which right now is good because it kills germs, obviously. Um, But like Donnie said, we have some stuff that's delicate. So we are still bathtub washing those things. So it's like not solving 100% of the problems for us. And right now that's fine because we literally don't leave our house, so we have time to bathroom wash laundry. But like Agitate vigorously for five minutes. Yeah, I can put the little tutorial we (laughs) used in the show notes. Um, But I would say like in our regular life, if we were to continue paying for something like this, I think I would rather do the laundry drop-off at our laundromat because... Laundry Cape has a two-day turnover, and you can get same day in most laundromats. And also, like, it's kind of nice to think that we could keep that money in the community and, like, still support a local business rather than this app that's based, actually, I think, in the UK. 
Everyone I've talked to from there is British. Yeah, seems right. Yeah, no, I hear that. I feel as though pretty much I agree. I don't see us using it when things hopefully return to some sense of normalcy. But if you are washing your laundry in your bathtub right now and you need some help, (laughs) hit them up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was going to be too much. And like Jordan said, it's fine for one load. Like, one load. (laughs) (laughs) One tub. Uh, One tub. But doing it again and again. No. So, also, when we got home, probably in part because we had a bunch of smelly laundry piled up, the apartment was pretty just, like, damp. Dank smelling. It needed some freshening up. It was stale. Sure. It was stale. It's a good term for yeah. it. Um, and we had that one candle. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast that I bought like the same candle twice. Mm. Um, but it was like the nub of the candle. So like the day we got home, we burned like all that was left of that candle. Yeah, it was like the pyramid one, but that one was unscented. Yeah. Which like still the smoginess a little bit helped, but wasn't doing it. No. So we needed to offset um, that situation, which was kind of exciting because it allowed us to put into practice our desire to buy things from black companies. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought a candle from a company called I Come Sense um, that I'll link in the show notes. They were on Etsy and they had a eucalyptus mint candle. And I don't know, I think I've talked about this before. I don't really like candles that smell like flowers and or food. Hmm. Um, I guess mint is like kind of technically a food, but like, you know what I mean? Like I don't want like an apple scented candle. <laughs> Um, so I was really excited that, like, I really like the smell of eucalyptus, and it sounded like it smelled really fresh, mm. and that's, like, what we needed in this moment, was to Their feel marketing fresh. really got you. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Um, and you bought a candle. I did buy a candle from a place named Southern Elegance, out of Charleston, South Carolina, I believe. Um, and I bought a candle called Appalachian Trail. Because I'm a predictable sap. Yeah, you're definitely a victim of marketing there. Oh, yeah. Um, though I think, to be fair, you found the candle. Yeah, no, <laughs> all of this stuff is stuff I found. was like, Donnie would like to buy this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> I don't know. I lost what I was going to say. Uh, okay. But anyway, so they're out of Charleston. I bought this Appalachian Trail one. They have a few others um, that seem kind of kind of sweet. I think one might have just been like sweet tea. Um they sent us a sample of they like a, a sugar citrus mm-hmm. scent. Something we learned um, in getting these candles was that like putting your nose directly into ah. the candle doesn't really accurately represent what it's going to be like when it's burning. So yeah. I think I don't want to pass judgment on this sugar citrus one because all we did was smell it. We haven't burned that yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are on our quest to become candle snobs by not directly sniffing the wax of on the candles <laughs> uh, well on our way one step at a time but uh appalachian trail is a pretty nice scent it's like pretty piney which makes sense but it's more complex than just like buying a yankee candle pine tree candle um yeah it's like kind of warm mm. i would say um yeah i like the 
It, it does remind me a little bit of the mahogany candle that I liked mm. that we had. Um, so I also really like that one. And I think the eucalyptus mint one is nice as well. It is very fresh, which is nice. I think so too. We lit that one most recently right after we cleaned. It's a really nice, like, I don't, it's like a really nice chill out candle like i feel like it's the kind of candle you might find in like a yoga studio <laughs> you know what i mean but i i mean that in like a very good way it's like pretty, pretty calming scent yeah i guess like i said we're on, we're on the road to becoming candle snobs we're like in our infancy for sure like we were today years old when we found out that you should trim the candle wick yeah did that last night with uh scissors yeah with, with just scissors yeah. Yeah. um so we'll see how that goes for us but yeah, I was really happy with this. I would definitely get both of these again or try different scents from these companies as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just not the floral and or food ones. <laughs> I also came back with like, well, we shipped ourselves a box. Mm -hmm. um, we had acquired some things in Arizona and had only traveled there with like a backpack and a duffel bag. Mm -hmm. so. Including pizza yeast, which real quick. Uh, is a no-go. If you find yourself looking to buy PTEs, I would caution against it. However, there's still some experimenting left to be done, and I'll report back on future episodes. Carry on, Jordan. Um, so I had purchased a bunch of needle felting kits, and I shared about those in some of our past episodes. And that was great, and it was fun, and I brought them back via UPS. But then I had all of these boxes of wool just lying around and it was a really wild situation for a while and it was too much mm -hmm. so i went on etsy and i got myself it's actually a box that's supposed to hold slides you know like how grandparents always have like all of those like slides that they took photos yeah yeah hmm. um, i know that's what it was yeah that's cool and so it has these, like, it has rows, basically, in it um, that are the size of what slides would be, but I just rolled up all my wool and stuck it in there. And so I've gone from, like, four or five boxes of wool to just this one box of wool, which has been nice. I don't know where I'm going to now put that box. That's the kind of um, next step mm. of this situation, but it was definitely a necessary organizational move. Mm-hmm. So, circling back to laundry and things being damp, we need to replace our shower liner, curtain, curtain liner? Our, our shower curtain liner? Our shower curtain liner, yeah. all those things. Um, and we're trying to get back on our eco kick a little bit and not just, like, buy some plastic shit. We had been buying the... Um, oh, yeah. Polyester ones, which you can wash. Mm-hmm. On but cold. I think, yes, on cold, because they are, like, fabric made of plastic. Yes. But the idea was that you can wash them. Do not melt plastic under your clothes. Um, but coming back, I think, especially with, like, fresh eyes, it was like, oh, this shit needs to go. Yeah. This is irredeemable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> irredeemable, <laughs> says Jordan. So we got rid of it, and we didn't just want to buy some plastic stuff. We didn't just want to buy from a big box store, because this was are trying to us trying to put our action items in place and we couldn't really uh find a store that sold them besides target so then we kept looking and jordan eventually found this place that makes them out of hemp 
Yeah, so I had seen this place before the last time we bought one, and I was like, I don't know if we're ready to go the hemp route. Um, and I think I just like panicked and bought another polyester one from Amazon, but we're trying very hard to not mm-hmm. use Amazon. We haven't used Amazon since we were in Arizona, so that's so- not many days, but it's like <laughs> longer than we've gone before. Oh, yeah. Um, so this place is called Raganik, Raganik, I don't know. Um, and they make hemp shower curtains, um, hemp being a natural material, an eco-friendly material. And they say that you can either use them as shower curtains or shower curtain liners. So they make a bunch of different colors. If that's what you're into, we got just like the natural color. It's like <laughs> vaguely like off-white. I don't know. Like yeah, bordering more, on beige. Like, yeah, I think it's more beige. Um, and it... You were going to say... I was gonna say I can't say. Oh. Um, yeah, so we got it. I spent a hundred dollars on it because I'm a wild man. Um, it was not cheap. <laughs> yeah, but it just seemed like so. This is my thinking. I was like, we can just keep buying these things and eventually throwing them out, or buy this thing, which is promised to be really durable. And if it sucks, I mean, end up having to throw out a hundred dollar shower curtain liner then fuck it. We can just start <laughs> buying cheap ones again because this is a goddamn lost cause. So that was my logic. So I was like, let's do it. I had just gotten home and got that stimulus money. So we were fucking buying a hundred dollar shower curtain and we got it and it's too long. But good besides that. We'll get back to the good and I'll let Jordan tell the too long story. Yeah, so they actually, they say um, that if you're using it as a liner, you should hem it. But that you should wash and dry it first so that if there's any shrinkage, you don't end up with like an awkwardly short shower curtain liner. So that's what we did. We put it in our laundry heat uh, order that mm-hmm. week and then I hemmed it, um, which was silly. Yeah, because we don't have a sewing machine. So I was like hemming it by hand. And, it's like four hours. Well, yeah, because it's what a standard shower curtain is 72 inches long so it's six feet long yeah um, i'd like to take a moment to uh give a shout out to jordan's sewing skills which have increased immensely <laughs> not that you're ever bad but i feel like there's a time you're like i'm not a professional sewer now you're fucking sewing whole shower curtain liners together <laughs> so i'd like to take a moment to honor that and give you a big shout out it did go really well i would say like i'm pretty impressed with it it's held up yeah, it will be really interesting good. to see what it does after we put it in the wash again mm. um but like i was reading a lot on their website and basically if you have a well ventilated um bathroom there's no reason you can't use one of these as a shower curtain liner we don't um and that's our constant issue is that our shower curtains get like honestly moldy because there's no ventilation in there. It's just like damp all the time. Um, So the two options were to buy a wax from them and wax it, which like waterproofs it, or just to make sure that you're like hanging it up so that it's not pressed against the side of the tub being super wet. Mm -hmm. And that's the option we go with. So like we'll both shower and then we'll flip the bottom of it up over the shower curtain. Yeah. And ideally, I mean, the reason I thought this might be a good way to go is that we wash the plastic ones and, like, stuff doesn't really always come off because it's not a super porous situation. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like you can't really effectively wash the plastic one. And so hopefully 
this, because it's so porous and it's like a natural fiber, will respond better to being washed if it does get dirty or like a little mildewy or whatever. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated on it. I think it's been good. It's early days. So far. Yeah, it's early days. It smelled like tea for a while, which <laughs> That's was... That's true. When it came like right out of the back end. Oh, yeah. It was kind of pleasant. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not, not knocking it. It's just like, <laughs> neither here nor there, just worth noting. <laughs> it smells very strongly of tea. Speaking of tea, wow, I'm killing the Segway game nice. right now. Um, we have started fermenting Jun, which is a thing we discovered out in Arizona. Yeah, so we came back and we were a little concerned that um, Donnie's kefir was going to be dead, but it seems like it's not dead, maybe? Yeah, it's unclear. It seems pretty alive. It is just very weak, and I'm nursing it back to full strength. So that's positive. I mean, for you, I don't really care. Um the kombucha, though, we knew that the scobies were going to be fine. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. So we were, like, on the kombucha train. But if you'll remember, while we were in Arizona, we discovered Jen in the grocery store. Bum. And I really liked it, which is weird because I don't like kombucha. Mm-hmm. So now we're trying to train one of Donnie's kombucha scobies to be a John scoby. Yes. Um, and this is also very early days, but it seems to maybe be going okay. Yeah. We're following directions from... Um, Your favorite place with yeah. the fermenting. They're in Brooklyn. Oh my goodness. No, the the website. Oh, yes. Uh, I think just cultures for health. Yes. They're like, I don't know. They're just the website that pops up. They're pretty early in Google search results, so I've ended up using them for a lot of stuff. But they're, I mean, they're good. They're legit. And then. Their article is literally like how to transition a kombucha scoby to make gen. So yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we're not fully, like you have to do it incrementally. So we're not fully to using green tea yet. So we can't really like assess how well it's going, but the scoby isn't dead. Yeah. And I would say the taste is different between the two of them. Definitely. Um, more so than dead. I would have thought. Yeah. It was a little more dramatic than I would have thought as well for the first batch, which is... 25% gen, mm-hmm. 75% kombucha. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We actually, after this recording tonight, have to make our third iteration. Yeah. So things are trucking along with that. We'll keep you posted. But that's about it. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, we'll have Jun by the next two recordings, three recordings, maybe. Mm-hmm. So. Literally. I mean, I think that it was an exciting thing to do, too, because, like, literally, we were just inside for 14 days. Yeah. Um, and, so, like, obviously, we're still inside now, but at least, like, we can go on walks and shit. Um, so, it was like, oh, we're going to have something to drink besides water. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a big science experiment. Yeah. Um, so, that was festive. Also, something that has kind of been getting me through quarantine blues Um we planted some herbs, mm-hmm. which we, obviously last year you had the whole fire escape garden. This year we are really behind on that endeavor because obviously we weren't here for the beginning of growing season. Yes. So we're trying to rev that up. But we were able to get um, these herb garden kits from a place called Cocoa and Seed, which is a black owned business out of, oddly, Chandler, Arizona, I think, <laughs> um, which is a weird kismet. Um, but she sells all sorts of like 
plant and plant adjacent things and we ended up picking out um, some herb kits that are meant to be grown in mason jars so you have a mason jar and she sends you everything else that you need Mm -hmm. and you can grow these like cute little kits on your kitchen counter we wanted to put them outside so we kind of like hacked the kits and I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing, but it seems great so far. Yeah, we used all of the materials just in like pots we had and put them outside because we don't get enough light inside to grow herbs. We know, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of plant deaths. We had a lot of pots. Yes. Whereas now they're adding Jun. The mason jar <laughs> situation is a bit uh, precarious. Full. Yeah, precarious. Um, and it was nice because we also, we don't have a ton of soil in the apartment right now. Mm. So the kit came with all of the soil and the little pebbles to put at the bottom and some activated charcoal, which yeah. was wild. Um, little chalk sign to write. Oh yeah, with these little like chalk stickers so you could write which herb it was. Yeah, really cool stuff. We've got arugula, basil, and cilantro, cilantro going. Yeah, they're like going. We've only been at it. About a week. They're starting to sprout up, which is exciting. And then the uh, the packets come with like little growing directions as well, which I think is important to know because that's something people might want. Yeah. And honestly, I've reached the point in quarantine where like today I was like, another little cilantro popped up. And Donnie <laughs> was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quarantine's um, going great. But the really cool thing, I think I said this before when we were talking about buying from sustainable businesses, and I think just buying from small businesses in general is that, like, it you get, like, this personal connection with a person because you've supported their business and, like, you are a person to them, they're a person to you, and... <laughs> The woman who runs Cocoa and Seeds sent us the nicest, most personal, like, thought-out thank-you note from buying from her company. And, like, usually if I buy a sustainable product, I'll get a nice, like, thanks for your order, Jordan. I hope you enjoy it. This woman was, like, describing what we bought and yeah. how, like, much she liked these things. It was and handwritten. It was just, like, if it wasn't handwritten, it, like, was really well-designed and totally tricked me. Yeah, like, it it was very, very sweet and just, like, a nice thing to get when you've spent your money with someone. It makes you feel nice spending your money with someone. Um, Yeah, would highly recommend Herbs, Cocoa, and Tea. Look out, though. She was just on the Today Show, so I would imagine that a bunch of her stuff is sold out. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I guess now would be a good time to point out that, like, if you're buying stuff from these small businesses right now and stuff is shipping slowly or stuff is sold out and not restocking very quickly, like, don't be a dick. Um, like, don't negatively review them and don't reach out to them to be rude. And, like, you're not doing the thing if you're being rude about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some, like, stories on social media about stuff like that, and that makes me sad. Like, a lot of this stuff is taking longer to get to us and we're talking to you guys about the stuff that we have and there's like more stuff coming and we don't necessarily know when it's coming no, but yeah. like i mean we do know we have tracking numbers but. right i have a few things that haven't shipped yet and i don't know when they're gonna ship but it's just kind of like if i wanted it quickly i should have bought it from amazon and dealt with that moral conundrum and i just have to wait and that's fine mm. don't make jordan sad don't be rude don't be rude Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.